Welcome to the Single Well Podcast. My name is Dr. Mila and I am a family doctor turned wellness transformation coach. I created the Single Well for Christian single women and moms who want to learn how to simply incorporate wellness practices into their daily lives. After having a baby, getting divorced, and years of struggling with weight gain and declining health, I went searching for a natural weight loss solution. But instead, I discovered that true health was found in leveraging my spiritual, physical, mental, emotional, and relational wellness. Listen in to gain the tools and mindset to start developing your own unique wellness strategy. Let's do this. Please note, the information shared on the Single Well Podcast is meant for informational purposes only and is not meant to replace the advice of your personal physician or healthcare practitioner. Please consult your personal medical professional before embarking on or implementing anything discussed on the podcast. Hi there. So today I am going to talk to you about spiritual wellness, my spiritual journey. Um, It's so helpful to kind of talk this through and know where I came from in this sense um, in encouraging others to be spiritually spiritually well. What does that even mean? What does that look like? Um, And to be honest, I didn't always know. Um, I didn't always feel it was something that was necessary. And I'll explain that. Um, So, you know, I grew up in the Methodist Church, the African Methodist Episcopal Zion Church, to be exact. And if you grew up in that world, you know what that means. But um, I learned a lot about faith from my grandmother. Um, She taught me everything there was to know what she knew about God. Um, And, you know, she taught me the Bible and scripture. And, you know, if you follow me on social media, you've seen me reference that. Um, But as she got older, you know, she had bought a car for me and she um, started to kind of encourage me to pursue my medical endeavors. And at that point, as she aged, I was in medical school. Um, But I started to see church as something I should be trying to get out of, um, (laughs) to be honest. And often I did. Um, I still felt I had a relationship with God, but it was a distant one. Um, I wasn't taking that part of my life very seriously. Um, I didn't have a good grasp on what that meant as an adult. And so, you know, at the point when you end up choosing uh, your faith or deciding what your faith will look like, I was very all over the place. I I, I knew that um, I believed in God. Um, I believed that God was taking care of me, but there was just not that connection. And so um, as I entered medical school and, and dealt with all that comes with that, um, I developed a deeper connection because you're in a situation where you have to have something. And I had a very supportive family, um, you know, a very supportive friend group. Like it wasn't that I didn't have those things, but, you know, I noticed that to get through something as tough as medical school can be, I had to find a way to connect with God. And so I did. And as I went through medical school, um, you know, I, I finally pushed through and got through and graduated and I moved to Columbus, Ohio for residency. And so um, when I moved for residency, um, I was introduced to 
a local church um, and I started attending. You know, I started attending that during residency and really found it to be my church home. Um, I would go when I could. Um, a lot of times, if you don't know or not familiar, not in the medical space, um, as you when you graduate from medical school, you're officially a doctor at that point, but you still have some training. You have about three years, at least three years of training, usually um, in family practice, but in other specialties that may even be longer than that. So I was facing three years of training, and that involves seven day a week, 24 hour a day work. The hospital is always open, right? So there was times that I couldn't go to church. And so at some point, they connected me with an elder who was supposed to kind of help me stay on the, the straight and narrow. And, you know, it made sense because at that time when I was younger, like I mentioned, I wasn't connected. I was kind of floating, didn't really know where I should be and what I should be doing. And, you know, I could understand her role. But at one point, she really made me question, not my faith, but just question my role or my my attendance in that church. And what happened was she found out that I wasn't attending on some Sundays. And she said, well, you have to go to church every Sunday. You have to come to church every Sunday. And I was like, well, yeah, I understand that. And I've been trying to do that, but I work on Sunday. Well, you should just tell them you can't work on Sunday and you should be at church. And if you are listening to this and you've been through residency, you know that that's almost laughable. You cannot take off work in residency. Um, if you're sick or something's going on, perhaps, but it's not something that happens very often. Your schedule is made month to month, usually several months, if not a year in advance. And so you just have to really make it work. Um, you have to, you know, when you're scheduled and you basically schedule your life around that. Um, and, you know, it is what it is. It's not something that can really be adjusted much, especially for things like that. And so she was of the mind that by attending church um, was the only the, the only way I could be connected with God on a meaningful level was to attend church. And, I, you know, I told her, I said, I'm fully committed. I'm, I'm doing everything I can, but I just can't come to church every Sunday. Um, and at the time, this was before churches were routinely doing um, weekly you know, or services, you know, on Saturdays and multiple services on Sunday. So there was just really one opportunity. Um, and so that really bothered me a little bit. I mean, I thank God that it didn't change my view of God, because sometimes that happens. People get what we call church hurt and they turn away from God because of it. Um, but so eventually I ended up deciding I was going to do the classes. I wanted to join the choir. So um, they told me I had to, to do the classes to join the choir. And so as residency lightened up, as it tends to do when you get further into your residency, about second or third, well, really third year um, of residency, I was chief resident. But, you know, that year tends to be a little bit more manageable as far as your time. And I was able to attend the, the membership classes. And so I did. And as I was going through, um, I think I only did like, I think there was five or six and I did two and there, after one particular class, um, I remember them very curtly saying, well, you know, I hope you're keeping track of these classes because we don't. And so I'm sitting there thinking like, well, how can you make this mandatory and say this is so important? But you don't really tell me why it's important because they never really did. And then you also seem not to care about it. You're expecting me to just keep track of it and tell you if I did it or not. And that's it. And so that was another time when I was just very kind of turned off from the church, but not necessarily my faith. Now, during this time, I was dating and getting married and all of that. Um, and what I will say is that what I didn't do during that season was 
was to intentionally include God in my marriage and in my relationship. Um, we both have faith. We both have a belief in God, but we never really talked about it. We never really included it. And that was something I learned um, as a single after marriage, you know, as a divorcee, that how important that is in not just my romantic relationships, but also my friendships and my family relationships. And so um, so that was something else that was going on. Once I started dating, I kind of wasn't going to church as much. I had had a couple incidents with the church, like I mentioned, and I just wasn't involved with the church. I wasn't reading my Bible. You know, I still believed, you know, wholeheartedly in God and what in God's power, but I just wasn't connected. Um, and so I went through and I noticed that as I progressed, I graduated from residency. Um, I'm out in practice. You know, that's the dream. You want to get out and practice and see your own patients. But I just didn't feel fulfilled. And I've talked about this on my Pivot and Bloom podcast. I didn't feel fulfilled. I felt like there was something missing. So I would try different things. I'm a creative, so I would make uh, jewelry. So there was a point of about a year, year and a half where I just would make jewelry, but I was always afraid to sell it. You know, <laughs> I was always afraid to do anything with it. I would just wear it. And then there came the, you know, costume jewelry uh, craze. And so everybody was making jewelry and jewelry was, you know, a dime a dozen. So it was not worthwhile anymore to make it. And at the time I didn't have an entrepreneur's mind, didn't understand the benefit of having me personally make something versus buying it from a store. Um, and so I just, you know, kind of did it for a while. And then eventually that, that phased out. Um, and so there were various things. And one of the main things I turned to during that time was food. Um, and that I can say is an impetus for where I am now, where, you know, now I'm talking to, to other people and coaching people on that very thing, because it was something I really struggled with. And it was in a place where I was trying to fill a void that God should have been in with food. Um, and so, you know, I would go and buy, you know, cupcakes and cookies and ice cream and whatever you name it. I ate it. Um, I was drinking pop all the time. I did eventually get to the point where I switched to diet pop, but that's not necessarily better <laughs> depending on what your goals are. But, um, you know, I would just kind of, you know, eat, but I didn't know why I was eating what I was eating. And then I would just still have these things in there. And so I didn't truly understand how bad they were for me or how they weren't serving my body um, at the time. And so there was just this turmoil in a sense where I didn't feel like I was in turmoil. But it, when I look back on it, I really was. I didn't have a grasp on God. Um, and he never moves away from us. We move away from him. Um, and I just didn't didn't have a good idea of what I wanted out of life and what I wanted to do. And so, you know, what happened was, you know, the, the divorce and the separation and, you know, having a child during that season um, was just crazy. <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, it was just a crazy time. But what God did was he kind of took everything away in a sense. So all those things I had built up for comfort, you know, I had, you know, I, oh, I'm in a relationship. I'm getting married. I had a baby. We bought a home. You know, all these things that happened, he just slowly started moving them out of the way. And I see it now. Hindsight is twenty twenty. I see it now as him removing the distractions that were keeping me from him. And I would never say that God wants divorce. God doesn't like divorce. God doesn't like the separation of families necessarily. But, you know, um, it was something that needed to happen for me to really understand the role and the need I had for God that I didn't recognize. And so 
Um, what I did was just started from the ground up. You know, I had to rebuild everything. Um, every aspect of my wellness changed in that season, spiritually, relationally, physically, mentally, emotionally, everything changed. Um, and so I'm grateful now (laughs) that that season happened as far as that goes because of my transformation, because of the things I had to change. Um, but, you know, I see God all through that. And it's amazing how he just stood there and watched me and let me do my thing. You know, he gives us free will for a reason. Um, but it was in those times. And what, what drew me back to regular church attendance and regular connection with God was really being pregnant and bringing a child into the world. I had this nagging feeling that I wanted my son to have a foundation in Christ. I just wanted him to have that. I knew my grandmother would have wanted that for him. And I just refused to not give him the very thing that had you know, fed my soul on all those times, even the times when I was not connected as, as well as I could have been. Um, I was like, I will at least give him this. I will at least make sure he has this. So I started going back to church, same church when I was um, pregnant, and um, attended for a while. And there was this beautiful message the Sunday before I had Chase. And I'm actually recording this on Chase's seventh birthday. Um, but it, it was um, God's promotion. And it was about just be, being given a, a huge, you know, task <laughs> um, or role or responsibility from God and how to step into that. And literally two days later, I had Chase. So it was just a pivotal moment. It was a moment that I was like, wow, this is this is really heavy, um, you know, that I'm becoming a mom. And of course, you're pregnant for, you know, ever. And I, I enjoyed my pregnancy, though. But you're pregnant for quite a while. But you and so, you know, the baby's coming. But when you really become a parent, things really shift. And so um, I was just so excited to have that foundation for him. But eventually there was another incident where when I had him, I took him to church and we went to this early, really early service, like a 7 a.m. service. And we had to drive across town to get there. So it was like a 30-minute drive with an infant and all of his stuff. So my my diaper bag and my um, stroller and his car seat, I mean, just all of that. And I would come in and they would just absolutely scowl about me bringing this stuff into the sanctuary. Well, you can't bring all that stuff in here. Oh, you can't carry that. Oh, you have to take him out of there. And it just got to where they were almost trying to make it inconvenient. And I'm like, you know, I'm getting up early. I'm getting my baby up and out of the house early to come here to be in the house of the Lord. And you're turning me away. So I really at that point was like, I need to find a church home for us. And it was not an easy task because I come from a town where there are larger churches, but the largest churches are few and far between. Most churches are kind of small to medium. The churches I grew up in were very small or you know, small-ish, I'll say. And I wasn't used to a lot of people. But then I thought, and this is funny, I thought that I'll go to a church that's relatively large so that I can just kind of come in and go out. And, you know, we'll attend and we'll do those things, but we'll just, you know, we'll we'll make sure we're at church, but we won't do much else. And so um, eventually um, I had exactly three people in the span of about a couple weeks talk to me about the church that I attend now. And they all separately, they didn't know each other. They just said, you know, you should try this church. And I really was, you know, amazed at that because I'm like, everybody keeps telling me to go to this church. And so it was huge. It is huge. And (laughs) 
I um, was nervous and I had to look at all the videos online and kind of see what it was, scope out the scene and see what it was going to be like. And knowing that I was walking in there with my infant and I was traumatized because I had been made to feel like I was doing something wrong um, to bring my baby to church. And so, um, but I walked in there the first time and they were very welcoming and open and I was able to walk in the sanctuary with him and nobody batted an eye, you know, and people even tried to help me or, you know, winked at him or, you know, just enjoyed seeing us there. And it was just the most amazing experience. And of course, initially I'm like, oh, they're just nice because they know I'm new, but there's really no way for them to know I'm new because the church is so big. And so um, I have been there now for about six years and it's still the same way. And that's how I know it was the right place. Um, I started attending regularly. Um, I went to a membership class shortly after that, got officially baptized at the church, had my son dedicated there, and we started to just get involved. Um, I started working in children's ministry for a while and doing that. There I met my current best friends, um, and we just developed a relationship that is really like family. Um, I trust them with everything. Um, and so, you know, I got that piece of things. And then we developed a friendship that was really had that really has God in the center. And I've not experienced that much in my life. You know, I've had people that I've met at church and I've had people that I've been close to, but there hasn't been many where God is a key part of that relationship. And by that, I mean, we read the Bible together and we pray for each other and we encourage each other in our walk. And so it's just nothing like what I've been through before. So, um, you know, I got involved in a group for single moms. Um, most churches kind of don't know what to do with us. you know. <laughs> and so um, we, they had a beautiful group where they would have us come and they would make sure we just didn't have to worry about anything. You show up after work on a Friday and you can drop your kids off and they eat and you eat and you go home in time for bed. And it's just the most amazing thing. You get a teaching, prayer, you know, there's always something different there. Um, recently, I was able to speak there, which I never thought would happen. Um, I never thought I would be open to doing that. Um, if you hear my washer, that's what that weird noise is in the background. Um, but I never thought I would be able to do that. And I did it um, because of all of this, like, building up um, that I've had. And then after that, um, you know, throughout that time, I started searching for a small group. And eventually my best friends started a small group. And I was originally one for, in one for children's ministry. And we were all in that. And then we branched off. And then eventually I did something called 12 for 12, which is a very intensive year-long um, spiritual formation class where you you pray and and uh, commune commun you know, get in community with a group of people twelve people for twelve months um, and you meet in someone's home and ours spanned over COVID so there was a part of it that was kind of hampered by COVID where we had to go to Zoom, which changes the format of it a bit, but it was still an amazing thing. It changed my life more than anything else because I got to learn more about Jesus on an intimate level where we were reading books where these authors talked about Jesus in a way I just never thought about him. And so it was just a an amazing time of formation. It changed everything that I do um, in that sense. And then after that, um, the single moms group kind of had their own groups branch off. And I ended up in a group called Jesus in Con Jesus is in Control. And it's a small group that meets monthly, but we have a very robust um, 
you know, group me and like, uh, you know, chats and, and just a family there as well, um, where I was lifted up and prayed over and prophesied over and just poured into. And so I'm going through all of these things at the same time. Eventually, I ended up actually joining the choir. So I'm on stage, not nervous, not, you know, concerned about anything. And I'm and naturally, I always say I'm naturally an introvert. People don't really believe that anymore. But I really, really am. And I would get on stage and just worship and feel really comfortable in that. And it's just been a complete transformation in that sense. So that led to all of that led to me eventually doing my own wellness pivot. And the wellness journey was going on around that time, um, throughout this time. And so I eventually ended up, um, you know, being chosen to be an advisor to our women's pastor, who's a very close friend of mine, but also a mentor of mine and someone who has lifted lifted me up like not many people have. And she um, gave me this amazing opportunity and responsibility that I am taking and running with <laughs> and making sure that I, I fulfill all of her expectations. Um, there's a time when I would not have done any of this. And I say it and I laugh, but there's a time when all of this would have sent me home, you know, and never to return out of my home. I would have completely hidden, wouldn't have wanted to do it, wouldn't want to be involved. But because of the the time and the in the steps that I've taken, um, you know, our previous our founding pastor often says right foot, left foot. And that just means you're doing your walk one step at a time. And that's what I did. And these steps have taken me so, so very far in my relationship with the church, but more importantly, in my relationship with God. Um, I feel like I can talk to him about anything. There's things that I normally wouldn't have said or, you know, those things you think and you don't want to say it out loud. I say them and I and I know God knows that they're there. So it's like I have this very transparent relationship with God that I've never had. And so um, in my podcast, which you're listening to, and in my coaching program, this is something that I want to foster in the women that join me there, um, that you can really change the way that you connect with God. Even if you feel like you have a great connection, even if you feel like you know how to connect and how to do all the things, there's always room for a deeper connection or a more consistent one um, or a more frequent one. Um, you know, just being more connected with him and finding new ways to connect with him. Um, you know, we often think about worship and scripture reading and prayer, but do you meditate on the word? Do you sing out to him? Do you worship in a way where you're really in in praise of him and what he's done and in praise of what he will do um, based on what he's done in the past? Um, just taking that another step deeper and finding ways to do that. So, there is a wellness template that I have. It's a free, um, a free guide um, to, to create your own wellness plan. And as we go through these different steps in your wellness, I want you to start writing something on there. You know, download it. You can find it on my link tree, which I will put in the show notes. And just find it and write down those things that you would like to incorporate into your wellness practice. And I want you to build it gradually, you know, you write something there that you're going to commit to do every day or every week, whatever it is. It might be going to church. It might be joining a group. It might be doing more consistent worship. It might be finding ways to worship him, you know, that aren't traditional worship, you know, in journaling or 
in, like I said, singing or going out in nature, things like that. But just finding um, some something simple that you can do because we all have these busy schedules. But I want you to make time for this and find ways to do it. And as you go, you will you will start to add to it and you'll want to add more things into it. Um, I guarantee that. So find that wellness plan and then get in touch with me. Also on my link tree is a link for a discovery call. If you want to join the Single Well program, which is a 16-week program that taps on all of these wellness pillars as well as teaching you how to eat in a way that aligns with the way our bodies were meant to function. Um, and so there's just so much in there. It's hard to describe it all here, but I can talk to you more about it in one of those discovery calls. If you think that's something you need and want, definitely reach out to me. So I'll end here for now. I'll see you next time. Take care. This has been the Single Well Podcast. For more information on what you just heard, please visit us on Facebook or Instagram at The Single Well, or you can email us at thesinglewell at gmail.com.